open your Bibles, please, to Proverbs chapter 16. And a reminder that the elders have called a day of prayer and fasting for this Thursday. There are many urgent needs in our church, urgent prayer needs. And so it's a day of prayer and fasting on Thursday. And if you can join us at the office at the end of the day, the church office at the front of Melville Street for an hour of corporate prayer at 5.30, that'd be wonderful. So a day of prayer and fasting, concluding with a time of prayer, 5.30 to 6.30 after work. And if there are things that you'd like the church to pray for in particular, please let me know uh, sometime by Tuesday, and then I'll let the church know by Wednesday the, uh, the important prayer needs that we have. And today we're completing our series on the book of Proverbs. We've had 11 weeks, would you believe, in the book of Proverbs. And we've been looking at walking arm in arm with Jesus Christ in our friendships, in marriage and sex, with children and child raising, work, money, with our wine, our speech, justice. And today we're looking at growing old, and leaving a legacy. So walking arm in arm with Jesus as we grow old and leave a legacy. And if you've missed the the other sermons and you would like to to catch up with those, I believe they're on the website. Uh, Certainly if you go to my blog, you'll see an article for each of those sermons and you can go back and, and look at what we've seen in the last couple of months. So today, Proverbs 16, and we're looking in particular Where are we? Have I got it right? Proverbs 16, verse 31. So I was in Manjimup a couple of weeks ago, catching up with my sister and her family and catching up with Vienna, and it was wonderful to see them. Manjimup is in the southwest of WA. And in the afternoon, my young nephew lent me a bike, and we went down to the bike park together. I was on the bike, he was on his scooter, and it was a kind of bike skate park, you know, with the, the concrete ramps and jumps and all those sorts of things. And uh, Amanda Sue's already got her head in her hands. She, and so I, I thought I'd go down to watch, watch my nephew Harvey playing on, the, on the, um, the bike park, the skate park. And, and of course, I couldn't resist. And so I, I, I went down on, on the bike that was being led to me, and I, actually, I was having a, a really great time until <laughs> I rode past a little group of teenagers and I heard one of the boys say, hey, old timer. <laughs> now, it was about that time that I was things didn't seem quite right because uh, I I was starting to feel a cool breeze where I shouldn't be feeling a cool breeze and I realised that as I was going over these ramps that my my jeans had just completely split apart. (laughs) So it's one humiliation after another. I literally rode straight to Target and I just left my bike out the front, I went into Target, and I grabbed a pair of pants, went into the change rooms, put them on, went to the counter, paid for them, you know, with a tag. 
So having cracked the age of 40, I'm already noticing, already, already noticing the, the effects of ageing and uh, some of the humiliation that can come with ageing. And perhaps, perhaps others of my age and older are noticing the same kinds of things, uh, a loss of energy, uh, it's easier to put on weight, much harder to take it off, uh, our joints start to fail. I, I, I find that, that when you strain a joint, it, just, it doesn't unstrain, does it? It just stays strained. Sleep is, is harder to find. Uh, my, I, I, I now have to have reading glasses as of one month ago, reading glasses. Teeth are failing. I have a lot more trouble hearing Amanda Sue when she calls me. And she has to put up with a fair bit more what they call irritable male syndrome. And some of our wives might know about irritable male syndrome. Now, it's, it's, it's not just me, by the way. I've been at Cornerstone now for 10 years. And some of you I've seen grow older for 10 years. And I'm seeing more glasses, more hearing aids, more dentures more hair dye, more pessimism. And we're all getting closer, aren't we, to stroke, to heart attack, cancer, dementia. That wasn't supposed to be funny, that part. <laughs> I think it was uh, Betty Davis who said, growing old is not for sissies. And no one wants to get old. It's sad to get old. In fact, it can even be a bit frightening to get old, right? It can even be a bit frightening. And in the face of this, King Solomon has the, the chutzpah, the, the audacity to say in Proverbs 16, verse 31. Now, keep in mind that aging is, is something difficult and perhaps even frightening. And he says, and he turns it completely upside down, and he says in verse 31, that grey hair is a crown. Grey hair is a crown of splendour, he says. It is attained by a righteous life. Grey-headedness, King Solomon says. Old age, grey hair is a sign of old age, of course, old age and the outward signs of old age and even the decline of old age can be a crown of splendor. And that word splendor could be translated beauty, glory, distinction, honor, or respect. Can you see, Cornerstone, right up front, right at the beginning of our message today, how Solomon revolutionizes aging. He sweetens it, in fact. And he says that grey hair can be a crown of splendor, of beauty, of glory, of distinction, honor, and respect. And so something sad, something that, that, that may be very fearful and, and terrifying to us, can be something, in fact, to honour, something even to celebrate. But notice the condition. 
Did you see? Did you hear the condition there? The glory and splendor of aging is conditional. Because Solomon says that, the, that gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained by a righteous life. Gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained by a righteous life or literally in the way of righteousness. Now, what does Solomon mean by righteousness? We want to know, don't we? Because, because here he's saying something tremendous. He's saying that you're aging, you're getting old, you're going grey, the decline of old age can in fact be a crown of splendour, beauty, glory and honour if, if, he says, you walk down this path of righteousness. Now what is that path of righteousness that can sweeten a person's old age and transform their old age. Is Solomon talking here about what we call imputed righteousness? That declaration of not guilty that God gives to those who trust in the Saviour. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. We read that Abraham believed the Lord and he, that is the Lord, counted it to him as righteousness. One of the most important verses in the Bible. Abraham believed the promises of God and God, as a consequence, declared him not guilty, declared him righteous. And the Apostle Paul, in Galatians 2, picks up on this and explains this. And he says, we are not justified, that is declared righteous, by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So, we have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one will be justified. So, is Solomon saying that aging becomes a crown of beauty and splendour, if we have this imputed righteousness that comes by faith, if we have put our trust in God's Saviour and he has declared us not guilty, is that what Solomon's talking about by righteousness? Or is he talking about the righteous life, a good life, an ethical life, a life of obedience to God's laws and commandments? Which is Solomon talking about, do you think? This is... This is so important, isn't it, that we understand this. Because if we want to enter into old age, into our final years, without fear, but with a sense of confidence, with a sense that, that, that aging can, can come with a crown of beauty and honour, and Solomon says that it comes by walking a path of righteousness, then what exactly does he mean? Does he mean the righteousness that comes by faith or the righteousness of a good life, a righteous life? Which is it? It's both. He's talking about both. What Solomon is saying is you can face your old age without fear if you have put your trust in God's Saviour because then you can know that God has declared you not guilty of your sin. 
And he's washed your sins away. He's made you clean. There's nothing to fear. And after you die and go to be with the Lord and you stand before the God of heaven and earth, seated on the judgment throne, there'll be nothing to fear because your sins have been washed away by the blood of Christ. And God has declared you not guilty because of the death of Jesus and his righteousness, which has been imputed to you, which has been given to you. And the person who knows that they have been justified by faith, what does the Apostle Paul say in Romans chapter 6? Can they go on in sin and unrighteousness? Of course not, Paul says. Of course not. The person who has been justified by faith will live with God as their king and seek to live a righteous life, a life of obedience to his laws and commandments. So let's be clear, brothers and sisters, that grey hair becomes a crown of splendour when we have entrusted our life and future to the Saviour and when, as a consequence, we live the way he has called us to live. Then we're on that path of righteousness and ageing and decline and approaching death no longer holds any fear for us but we approach it with a sense of hope and our grey hair becomes a crown of beauty and splendour. And we have some good examples of this in the Bible, don't we? Think of Moses, whose career only really began in earnest at what age? The age of 80. 80 years old is where his, his career of, of being God's rescuer and deliverer of his people Moses, at an old age, his grey hair, a crown of righteousness, his grey hair, a crown of beauty and splendour, because he trusted God and he was walking in God's ways. And I think of Samuel, the prophet in the Old Testament, who died with great honour, honour in the eyes of the nation, because he, he had that righteousness of faith. And he lived the way that God called him to live. And I think of Elizabeth in the book of Luke. This wonderful older lady. The miraculous birth of, of John the Baptist. And this woman who loved the Lord. And who helped the mother of Jesus. As she approached uh, giving birth to the Saviour. Wonderful examples of people whose grey hair was, was a crown of splendour and beauty because they trusted in the Lord and they lived his way. And we've got some bad examples too, don't we? There's some bad examples in the Bible. I'm thinking of Eli, who in his old age despised God uh, despised the commandments of God, despised the sacrifices of God. He was letting his own sons, uh, who were priests, act corruptly. And he died in shame and disgrace. His, his grey hair was not a crown of splendour because he did not trust in the Lord. He did not live that righteous life that God was calling him to. Let me just draw your example to one more bad example of a person who did not age well the very person who wrote these words, 
very person who wrote these words. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 11. And this, this, should, this should sober us all. Because the very man that wrote that grey hair can be a crown of beauty and splendour, it is found in the path of righteousness. This very same man did not follow his own proverb. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4. We read that as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. And he followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father, had done. Turn with me back to Proverbs, please. Proverbs 20 now. Proverbs 20, where we build on this first first proverb with another proverb concerning old age. Proverbs 20, verse 29. where we read that the glory of the young men is their strength. Grey hair, the splendour of the old. The glory of young men is their strength. Grey hair, the splendour of the old. And again, a a, a personal anecdote here, just again on that, that same trip, I went to a place that I used to love going to when I was a child, a place called Green's Pool right down in the southwest of WA, a beautiful place. Beautiful place to swim in the smooth granite rocks. And I loved to go there as a child and as a teenager. And I would love to swim in the cold water. And I would love to run across those smooth granite rocks. And I took Vienna back there to show her this place that I loved to, to run across as a teenager. And the same rocks that I used to, to jump across, I now found myself turning around backwards and, and, and crouching and, and, and a complete loss of confidence. And, and I'm, I'm holding on to these rocks and I'm worried about slipping and falling and, and breaking something. And it, 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 it really came home to me, the difference. And what Solomon is here talking about, the glory of young men is their strength. The glory of young people is their physical strength. They've got energy. They can run, jump, leap, bound. But the old have a different kind of splendor, or they can have a different kind of splendor, a different kind of glory. It's the gray hair, and it's the wisdom and experience that can come with aging. Young people, your glory is your strength and energy, your ability to learn things quickly, your passion, But old people, you have a different glory. It's the glory of accumulated knowledge, experience, and wisdom. And in fact, there's some science to this, by the way. The scientists tell us, and I'm reading here, the scientists tell us that the the prefrontal cortex is the last part of the brain to fully develop. It's the decision-making part of the brain responsible for the ability to plan and think about the consequences of actions to solve problems and control impulses. 
Changes in this part of the brain continue into early adulthood. Because the prefrontal cortex is still developing, teenagers might rely more than adults do on a part of the brain called the amygdala to make decisions and solve problems. The amygdala is associated with emotions, impulses, aggression, and instinctive behavior. So there's even some science to this to suggest that, that, that young people, uh, their brains have not fully hardened yet, fully developed, and so they are relying on their decision-making on parts of the brain that are much less equipped um, to, to, to handle emotions, impulses, aggression, instinctive behavior. There is some advantage that comes with, with, with getting older. Decision-making, the brain is better able to cope with, with that kind of decision-making. When does grey hair become a crown of splendour? Well, it's, it's when we walk in God's way, in that path of righteousness, and it's then that we can, we can accumulate that wisdom, knowledge and experience which can be a great blessing to those around us in our older age. Turn with me now to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Because here we have a, a very beautiful passage in the Bible that, that talks about old age, it talks about declining, it talks about the body failing, and it's a very strong reminder that we begin to entrust our lives to the Lord from our earliest days, before these things start to happen, before it's too late in other words. Look, look with me at Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. In other words, if you want to enter into old age, well equipped with a, a healthy faith, a healthy mindset, spiritually strong, then you need to remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark. In other words, for the elderly, everything can start to dim and fade. And the clouds return after the rain. This, this probably refers to the, the growing worries and anxieties of older age. Verse 3, when the keepers of the house tremble, it's probably talking about the hands, when our hands start to, uh, to, to, to shake in our older years. And the strong men stoop. What's that referring to? Probably to the knees. When the grinders cease because they are few. What's that? It's our teeth. Yes. And those looking through the windows grow dim. What's that talking about? It's talking about failing eyesight. When the doors to the street are closed, this is when the senses start to lose their abilities. And the sound of grinding fades. This is referring to the loss of hearing that comes with, with old age. When people rise up at the sound of birds, 
but all their songs grow faint. This probably refers to, to uh, old men in particular, when, when, when the voice starts to, to go up in pitch and becomes fainter. It's probably what it's referring to. When people are afraid of heights and dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms, what's that? It's the hair going grey. And the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire no longer is stirred. What does Solomon talk about when he talks about the grasshopper dragging itself? It's a pathetic image, isn't it? The grasshopper, which normally hops and skips, is now dragging itself along. Desire is no longer stirred. It's probably talking about sexual desire and sexual energy waning in older age. Then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets talking about death in our last days. Remember him, Solomon says. Remember the Lord before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. Talking here about the the collapse of the body in our last days. And the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Brothers and sisters, what, what God is telling us here is that if we want to to, to approach our our later years, our final years, growing old with a sense of confidence, without fear, and even with joy, if we want to have that, 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 that crown of beauty and splendor that Solomon is talking about, then we must waste no time in trusting in God's Saviour remembering the Lord and it begins as early as possible. Young people, you don't even think you're going to grow old, do you? Growing old is is what all these other people are doing, right? And it's never going to happen to you. It's It's a mythical idea. But it's going to happen. And you need to be prepared and you begin preparing now. Remember the Lord in the days of your youth. And I can tell you as a pastor, I can tell you as just as an older Christian man, that those who don't remember the Lord in the days of their youth walk down a very sad path. And the longer they walk down that path, the harder it is to go back to the Lord. The longer they walk down that path, the harder it is to stop and to put their trust in the Lord and to begin to live his way and to trust in the Saviour. Today, young people, is the day to begin walking down that path so that when you start to get older and death approaches, you'll be ready and you won't be frightened and you'll look to it with a sense of confidence and even joy because you have walked with the Lord And you know that he has you in his hands, that he loves you, and that your eternal future is secure and joyful. Now, I I, want to finish with one more point today. And I want to point out that growing old 
and dying gloriously, as Solomon puts it, it's not just about ourselves. It's, it's, it's not just about me and me approaching old age with confidence and joy. It's important for those around me, vital for those around me. Turn with me now to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13, verse 22. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. And here's something important to think about as we think about ageing. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Now, is, is this talking about a financial inheritance? Well, it is. That, that, that's its most basic meaning. And Christians will forsake what they now call skiing. What's skiing? S-K-I-ing. What's the S-K-I? It's spending the kids' inheritance. And I, I, can, I can just tell you that my grandparents... Uh, that my grandparents' generation, that did not even enter their heads, that you would go into old age and spend all of your accumulated money on yourself, on holidays and toys and other things. It didn't even enter their minds. Am I right? It's my, my grandparents' generation. But the boomers, I know, I know we're very hard on the boomers, and we're very hard on gener Generation Y too, I think. The millennials, sorry. Millennials and boomers, they're really copying it. But the boomers, a new mindset, a different mindset. When I'm in retirement age, if I've got this money, well, the kids can look after themselves because I'm going to enjoy my last years spending the kids' inheritance. And we make a joke of it. And this is definitely not the Christian way. This is definitely not God's plan. It's God's plan that we leave an inheritance for our children's children to bless them, to help them up, to give them a leg up so that they don't start behind the finishing line. We can give them an inheritance, a wonderful blessing. That's a godly, godly thing to do. But the best inheritance of all is not dollars, but a spiritual inheritance of a strong and living faith in God is the best possible inheritance to pass down to your children and to your grandchildren. That's the inheritance you want to hand down. And I, Amanda Sue will tell you, grab her for coffee afterwards, she'll tell you about her grandmother. We prayed for her and left a very strong spiritual inheritance that continues to bless her today though she died many years ago. And I can tell you about my great-grandfather, Arthur Markham, who emigrated to, from England to Australia in 1922. And his son, my grandfather, Percy Markham, was nine years old. And they emigrated to Margaret River in the southwest of WA. And they tried to establish a farm there, and it was very difficult, they failed. But my pop often talked about his dad singing hymns to him around the campfire 
out in the forests of the south, southwest of WA. He was a lay Methodist preacher, a, a captain in the army, a lay preacher. He's trying to be a farmer, totally failed at it. Totally failed to hand down a, a financial inheritance, but he sang hymns with my granddad. And you know what? My granddad didn't go on in the faith, but he knew it was important at least. And so he took my dad to church, and my dad sent me to Sunday school, and I can see that inheritance wasn't a big one. It was a little one, but it passed down. And I can tell you I'm here today as a Christian because of that, that inheritance, partly because of that inheritance that my great-grandfather passed down, an inheritance that the Lord took and used and grew in me. And so this is the most powerful thing that you can do as you, as you enter into your older years is to pass on this spiritual inheritance of faith in Jesus Christ to your children and your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. I know we've got great-grandparents in our church. A tremendous blessing. And it's that that will make your grey hair a crown of beauty. Your grey hair will be a crown of beauty when you pass on that wonderful inheritance of faith. In Psalm 71, David prays, Even when I'm old and grey, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Let me read that to you again, this, this wonderful prayer. Even when I am old and grey, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to those who are to come. That's passing down an inheritance. Praying for our children, praying for our grandchildren. And with the Lord, as our bodies fail, we had a laugh about it, didn't we, at the beginning? Your preacher's failing body and the humiliation that comes along with that. But as we approach those declining years, we will never lose heart. The Apostle Paul, I'll finish with this verse. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 and 17. We do not lose heart, he says, though outwardly we are wasting away. <laughs> Are you wasting away outwardly, physically, the body wasting away? Paul says we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away because inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And I see that. I see that with my own eyes in this very church. I see older members of the church outwardly wasting away, but inwardly, and I'm, excuse me for saying that, but outwardly wasting away, but inwardly, I see you being renewed day by day. And this is the wonderful blessing of being a Christian because you can grow old and the body is failing, but you are growing strong inside. And life grows inside. Your spirit grows stronger. And you approach death, that sense of joy and confidence. Brothers and sisters, do not fear aging. Don't fear it. Don't be frightened of it. 
walk in the path of righteousness and it will be a crown of splendor to you. And at the end, we'll all link arms, young and old. Around the throne of Jesus, we won't be young and old, will we? Our youth will be, have been renewed like the eagle. Renewed youth, new bodies gathered around the throne of, the, throne of God, arm in arm. We'll probably have a laugh about our declining bodies. And we will praise God forever and ever that the life of his son Jesus has given us eternal life. No more tears, no more crying, no more pain, no more death. We will praise him together forever and ever. Let's pray. Lord God, I, th I thank you that, that in my church that there are so many who have grey hair but their grey hair is obviously a crown of beauty and splendour because they trust in you. And Lord, I pray that we might all age that way. And Lord, we all pray that we will leave a legacy, not just financial if that's your will, but a legacy of faith, of trust in Jesus Christ, of love for him, of obedience to his laws and commandments. Lord, may we leave this wonderful legacy to our children, our grandchildren and to our great-grandchildren. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.